Instagram is where people go to kill time. Pinterest is the place where they fantasize about a better future. If you want to work with people who dream big and have budgets to match, it's time to put out content on Pinterest. On this week's episode of Own Your Business, I chat with Carolina Gusick, a luxury wedding photographer who made her mark in the industry by attracting couples with pinworthy images. We discuss common misconceptions about Pinterest that hold wedding pros back, why couples use Pinterest, and how you can trigger their interest in your brand, ways Pinterest connects with other marketing strategies, and how to get tens of thousands of viewers without spending tons of time. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Carolina, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast with me. I'm super excited. I've been on your podcast twice now, three times. Three times. Three times, three times a charm. So it's it's great to have you back in the hot seat and roles reversed. Uh, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and give the listeners a little bit of background. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to, you know, take take a back seat and let you, you know, do the questions. So I'm excited about this. And as you mentioned, my name is Carolina Gusik. I have been a wedding and lifestyle photographer full time for the past 11 years. I have a background in mass communications and advertising. I used to work in ad agencies. And because I love marketing, about four years ago, I decided to start a podcast for marketing for photographers. It's called The Talk Republic. Obviously, anybody in the wedding industry can listen to it because I think even if you're a planner, you can benefit from that. And pretty much that's where I am at. I'm a wedding photographer and a market fanatic, if I could say. Well, I'm curious, what, what kind of work did you do at the ad agency? So I was in between creatives and the, how is it called? The, the people doing the, the account, the account executives and the creatives. So I was kind of like running between those two uh, sides of advertising, making sure that everything was on track. I was kind of like the project manager, making sure that copy was on track, images was on track. So it was fun, but it was a lot of, a lot of work, but I love it. It was good. I can imagine loving it. Uh, translating, you know, it's always interesting. You seem like the kind of person that likes to have a lot of things going on in your life. <laughs> and it's also, I think, f- fun to see both sides of things and mm-hmm. and be able to, uh, you know, pick up and learn. You, obviously, you're interviewing people over four years. You translate a little bit of that into how can I take from the creatives and translate to my audience? What have been some you know, rewarding experiences or insights that you've gained with your Talk Republic podcast? Well, first of all, you should always you know, be learning, right? I don't care if you're super seasoned, if you are at the top of your game, there is always room to learn something new. So that has been you know, one of the lessons. Another thing is like, stay humble, right? Like we, sometimes we think like, oh, we made it, we're so big, but then come somebody that is new and is like, 
oh, new perspective. I like what they're doing. I like this. So, you know, it's been, it's been really amazing. And I love to chat a lot. So <laughs> that gives me an outlet to talk to people in a, in a candid way. Uh, if you have never listened to my podcast, I try to always uh, stay comfortable with my guests, but also I am extremely pragmatic in my life. I want actions. Don't give me a lot of fluff. I want you to give me a step-by-step how I can do things better. So between the candid conversation, there is always me digging for like, okay, this is great, but now I need actionable steps. Let's go to that. I love that. Well, you know, I love uh, taking ideas and turning them into action, which is probably one of the reasons why we've gotten along so well. So tell me, Carolina, how did you get into becoming somewhat of a Pinterest expert? You know, walk me through your journey to the knowledge that you currently have that we're going to impart on everybody on today's episode. So pretty much like anything in my life, whether photography or my business, it was just experimental. I saw an opportunity. I saw at the time that I, I used to follow a lot of bloggers, just lifestyle bloggers and, you know, people that used to write, you know, whatever, nonsense blogging, nothing related to wedding. And all of them were about like, oh, you need to be on Pinterest. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, well, if everybody in that industry is so focused on Pinterest, why I don't see that many people in the wedding industry focus on Pinterest. It seems a platform created for wedding professionals, right? You're leading with beautiful photos. Uh, what are, you know, what's happening here? So I took all the teachings that I was learning from all these bloggers and apply them into my business and nothing happened. It didn't work out. I'm like, well, I don't see this working because at the time people were like, oh, you need to pin more content from other people. And let's say 80% of other people, 20% of your content. Right. So I was pinning all these images from other photographers and I'm like, hold on a second. If I go back to my ad, you know, hat here and, you know, like my executive ad here, this makes no sense. Why am I promoting other people's work? Hey, I am a team player. I'm going to plug you if I need to plug you. I'm going to talk highly about you, but I'm also going to watch out for my business first. Especially because you're a photographer. Exactly. So, so you like, create the content, you create the images. You're really trying to promote your work, not just your ideas or your, um, your taste. Correct. So I was like, why am I doing this? And why am I following this advice that seems to make no sense? So I was like, hey, I have really nothing to lose. I've been using Pinterest for a while. I'm not seeing any magic happening on my business. So I'm going to do things my way. And because I have nothing to lose, literally, I have nothing to lose. So I switch things and I start just promoting my work. I'm pinning my images and I start taking concepts of SEO. And I'm like, well, and we're going to talk about this. Pinterest seems to be a huge misconception in the industry. People think that it's either another social media platform or it's just like a weird thing that, you know, needy brides or grooms do. So I was like, no, no, it's not. It's actually a search engine tool. So I'm going to use everything that I have learned about SEO. I want to apply it to Pinterest. And within a couple of months, I saw huge results. The traffic to my website almost doubled thanks to Pinterest. And it was really good traffic. It was traffic that was staying on my website for over a minute. It was traffic that was either local to my city, Miami, or from New York. I have a lot of couples coming from New York. So I'm like, this makes sense. So I start tracking it and I'm like, it is working. So then I start talking about Pinterest. Like, you know, I'm like, this is amazing. Why aren't you using it? So this is where I am now. <laughs> that's great. And, and, and it sounds like it's become a huge part of the traffic that's going to your website. And is it still a big part of it today? 
it still is a big part today. Obviously, I always say it, uh, SEO, Google is what leads the way, but really close to my Google traffic comes my Pinterest traffic. And it's it's a platform that I love. It's super easy to use. And I feel like it's not used by many wedding professionals, even though you would think like, oh, every single person should be on Pinterest. Every single time that I talk to a photographer or even planners, they're like, no, it seems like a pain in the ass to do it. I don't know. My clients love it, but I, I don't like it that much. So I'm here to maybe shine a little bit of light on why it is going to be great for your business. And hopefully, you know, you'll become a Pinterest user. So your business benefit in the long run. Yeah, I love that. I love that. We have clients who use it. We we find great success in driving website traffic and, and getting really great clients, big clients, dreamers. Yes. I'm curious, just for a little bit of background, you don't have to be super specific, but I always find it's important to make sure that the kind of person you're getting advice from is giving you information or insights or recommendations mm -hmm. to, you know, the right kind of client. What kind of clients are you working with? You know, are you working with mid-market, premium, luxury, how many events a year are you trying to do? You know, what does success look like for you when you're driving the right kind of traffic to your site? I am, I believe, on the premium market. I am not luxury. I don't charge, you know, over $15,000 a wedding, but I'm on the, on the higher end on my market. My weddings, most of the times, they're very, you know, outdoorsy, beautiful, you know, chic weddings, people coming from New York. I do about 20 weddings per year. That's also because I'm a family photographer, so I don't want to overwhelm. In general, I have about 50 clients per year, both between weddings and families. But just talking about weddings, about 20 weddings a year, uh, premium market. I get to work with the, you know, some amazing wedding planners in my city. So it's, it's been good. Yeah, that's great. And so if you are looking to, if you're listening to this and you're looking to attract a premium, uh, and I would I would imagine that that you probably are on the edge or if not even into the entry level luxury, approachable luxury, uh, this kind of strategy can work for you. A lot of times people hear SEO or Pinterest or something that's not referral from planner and they think, oh, this isn't going to help me get a high paying client. But we know from our experience, and it sounds like you're having the same and have for several years, that Pinterest can land some really great clients in your portfolio. Absolutely. Today we're talking about Pinterest, but I'm even going to advocate for SEO. You could be a luxury event person in the industry, whether you're a photographer, planner, florist, and you could get amazing clients through SEO. Because you just lead people into your website and now your website, as you mentioned, you have to talk about websites so many times on your, on, you know, both on your podcast and on conference that now when they get there, either they're going to see themselves recognized in what you're doing or they're going to be turned off by what you're doing and they're going to leave. But if you are not putting efforts into SEO and you're just putting all of your eggs into the basket of a planner, you're missing out. Yeah, I think so. I agree. So tell me, let's get into Pinterest a little bit. How would you describe Pinterest? What, you know, what, what does it do for uh, couples? What does it do for a wedding professional? So Pinterest, I believe, not I believe, I know it's a hybrid between search engine and social media. People go, gives likes, saves and all that, but it's not as important as Instagram, right? Like if somebody gives a like on my photo, do I care? Not really. I don't have to follow them back. I don't have to go and check out their, their work and follow them. What it does for me is really being a search engine tool. 
what happens is you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. We all have a friend that has a Pinterest board. They're not even engaged and they have a Pinterest board about their wedding, right? And that's how a lot of people start their planning, whether it's a budget bride, a luxury bride, everybody has a Pinterest or has been in Pinterest looking for something. Another thing that we can focus on is actually the, the data that Pinterest gives us. And they say that their users are professionals. They have master's degrees. They are into the more kind of like luxury market for like any product. So again, the user itself, the user persona or Pinterest is somebody that is looking for quality, that is looking for things that are beautiful, that are looking for things that are unique. So as a vendor, if you have tons of images that you're being, you know, sitting on on your computer, instead of just having them there and hoping that Instagram is going to do the connection, you kind of start uploading all those images into Pinterest, obviously using SEO techniques, creating boards that are going to speak to your ideal client and start tagging those images, leading them into your website. And then, you know, it's kind of like a, like a, like a piece of a pie. I'm not going to say that from Pinterest is going to become a straight to your client. No. That is not the client journey on Pinterest. The client journey, they go to Pinterest, they find inspiration, they find aspiration images, and then they start saving them. And then as the time gets closer to their wedding, they go back to those boards and now start going into the websites of those images that they love. And then again, this is what websites are extremely important. The website is kind of like what's going to make that connection with them. So I'm going to be 100% honest, even though half of my traffic comes from Pinterest. When I get increased, very rarely they say they find me on Pinterest. They would say, we find you on Google. We find you on your website. Most of the times they even say like, oh, you were you know, referred by a planner and then we looked at your work and actually I have saved so many of your images for my own Pinterest. So it's kind of like reinforcing that you are the right person for them. Like I believe that you need to do marketing uh, in a smart way and not only one channel. So I have different channels and if through every single channel, I'm sending them information, reinforcing that I am the person that they're looking for. Obviously, psychologically, you know what this is going to do. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, we've seen her everywhere. She's the right person for us. Right, right. Yeah. And that's and that's the power of having your name and your images in so many different places. So mm-hmm. you're you're really tying Pinterest in with an overall strategy. First and foremost, it's like a visual search engine where Correct. people are going through and they're they're finding a visual representation of whatever they have in their mind that they're looking for and they're like, "Oh, boom, I see it. That's it. I'm going to I'm going to keep that and hold it. I'm going to bookmark it to my board." Mm-hmm. And then there's a secondary function. If they want to take action, they can click through the pin and go to your website. And they could either read a blog post or it could go to a a landing page that you have or maybe to a portfolio with a a set of images that are in there. And, And then at that point, they've moved into the next stage of the buyer's journey where they're starting to learn a little bit more about your services, not just you know, see a, a, a nice image and go, wow, that's inspirational. And then Correct. after that, there's almost like a social proof that's created by seeing your work in lots of different places and having other people refer to it or seeing it in other social media platforms. And now they're putting it all together. And I think the technical term would be kind of frequency bias where the more you see things, the the more likely you are to to like them or to make a decision with that, to prefer it. And so all of this is tied together. It's not just people are putting together like a mood board with some you know cool ideas and like, I want this and I wonder how much it costs. 
there's some real science behind how it's working as part of your overall marketing strategy. Correct. And one thing that it's super important, you mentioned, you know, you have your images tied to, as you mentioned, your website, a portfolio or a blog post. I'm going to really dive deep here because this is really important for me when I teach Pinterest, not only for you to be successful with Pinterest, but also so you don't get frustrated. And the reality is, is that even though you could use whatever URL you want, right? You can be like, let's talk about my images. Let's say that you see a beautiful wedding at Vizcaya. And instead of me tagging this with like, hey, elegant black tie wedding at Vizcaya Museum, I just, you know, send them to carolinagusic.com, which is like my landing page. Remember, this is a search ending optimization. They saw that image at Vizcaya. Maybe they're looking to get married at Vizcaya. So they want to see more about that wedding because they're like, I like that vibe of that wedding. I want to see how the tables look. I want to see what the couple wore. And then they click on that image and that image just leads them to my homepage. And my homepage is not that wedding at Vizcaya, right? But that my homepage is a combination of different things. The reality is that they're not going to go diving into my website looking for that wedding. They're going to click on that image. It's going to land on my homepage and they're going to be like, great, where is that Vizcaya wedding? Not here, bye. And they're going to leave. So people are going to get frustrated. And then you are going to get frustrated because it's like, this isn't working. People aren't staying on my website. People are bouncing. Well, you need to make sure that you're feeding people the right information. If you're posting beautiful images of a garden wedding, lead them to that garden wedding. That makes sense. I think about like um, Google and when I go through and I'm looking for vacations, I don't do a lot of wedding shopping these days, <laughs> <laughs> happily married. But when I go through and I think about like something else that's visual and a big purchase that's complex, I think about travel. And I know one of the things that I'm doing is I'm looking at the images first of the kind of experience I want to have. And it's almost always about the place. Mm-hmm. And and couples are the same way, right? Couples are looking at, like you said, they're looking for a venue. And oftentimes, if you can be the photographer and provide the image of that venue, then there's going to be a kind of cross-pollination between what they're looking for and then a prime of, oh, wow, here's a cool photographer that keeps kind of turning up at this venue. I'm going to put her over here on this photographer's board that I'm, I'm you know, setting aside for later. And then they come back to it and you're there. They may find you indirectly, but you're helping them get what it is that they want, which as you and I have talked about, and as everybody who's listening to my podcast know, it's all about helping the the couple get where they want to go. That the person who helps them the most and makes it the easiest for them is the one that they're going to reward with their services. And and I, I do think that that those pins that people collect, well, they get a bad rap of like, oh yeah, this person came to me with this Pinterest board and you know that like nothing was achievable or it was way out of their price range or it killed my creativity or you know, any other number of things, Pinterest does get that bad rap. And I'm wondering, you know, aside from that kind of, uh, you know, perspective, what are some other misconceptions that you see with people who are, you know, wedding pros who are looking at Pinterest? I think that's, well, one being the fact that people don't understand that it's a search engine platform. That will be like the first okay. thing. And the second, as you mentioned, people saying like, oh, that's a Pinterest couple. I don't like it. You, know, they're like, <laughs> you said that so much better than me. It's a Pinterest couple. <laughs> yeah, so like, they, want to, they just want to say, fill this order. Can you do this? Right. Correct. But I think, I think that now is, 
I, I, I don't blame it on the couple. They, they, they don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. You, you put yourself in the shoes of a couple. They're getting married for the first time. They've never talked about weddings with anybody else. They're just going to Pinterest. They see all these beautiful things and now they come to you. That's not the fault of Pinterest. Now it's up to you to like educate them in what's actually reality and what's a dream, right? And don't get annoyed by it. It is, you know, it's part of running business. We cannot have all these clients that are going to allow us to be 100% of our best all the times. I mean, that's the goal, but also we need to work to get those clients. So when I get a client, which it happens very, very rarely, because again, let's say they find me, we get into a consultation and then on the consultation, I cover all the things that I can do and cannot do. So they cannot come with like unrealistic ideas. But if they were to come with an unrealistic idea about Pinterest being like, hey, Carolina, you know what? We love you. We want to hire you. Here is our Pinterest board because we want all these beautiful ideas. I don't get upset at Pinterest. What I'm going to do is be like, hey, I love that you have this idea and I love the enthusiasm. You hire me because you saw on my website what I can do and I cannot follow a list of predetermined poses or locations because that's not where you're getting married. This couple is not you and that photographer is not. So allow me to do my job. I take a look at your board, looks fantastic, but let's just, you know, move on. You're using it as a, as a way to create a starting point for the conversation for the kind of experience that your clients want to have. You're not taking it as a literal translation of like, oh, they want this. You're saying they don't know how to communicate what they want. And and this is an image that represents what they have in mind. And you're using that as a springboard to get to where you want to go. Correct. And if somebody comes, and I think maybe for planners, it's a little bit more you know difficult because I can see how somebody could come with like this grand wedding that cost a million dollars. And they're like, hey, I want this and my budget is a hundred thousand. And Obviously, that could be super frustrating. But then again, you could be like, I mean, I believe honesty is key here and I'm super pragmatic and I have no trouble telling somebody if that's unachievable. Like I don't, you know, sugarcoat it, nothing. You know, let's say somebody comes with beautiful photos in Tuscany and they're getting married in a ballroom. I would be like, well, this is going to be really impossible. And, you know, we'll joke about it or whatever the case is. But uh, I think that people don't give this bad rap to Pinterest. It's just because they don't know how to have a difficult conversation with their clients mm-hmm. or how to bring people down, not down, but like bring people back to the reality of what they can achieve. And I think that's really not a Pinterest problem that could be uh, a you problem. <laughs> kind I, of a thing. I agree. I, I do. I agree. A hundred percent, you know. It's not, there's nothing wrong with somebody coming to you and saying, this, I, I like this or I don't like that. It's not their job to know how to articulate what it is they want and need. That's the job of the professional to guide that out of them. Otherwise, there wouldn't be things like, I don't know, therapists or, or business coaches, right? I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you don't have to have all your stuff ready to go before you reach out to me. Just reach out to me. I'll figure out what's going mm-hmm. on. And I tell you, when I ask business owners in the wedding industry, what is it that you want your business to look like in a year or three years or five years? I draw a lot of, I don't knows. And then you know what the next most common answer is? Do you know such and such who owns, you know, blankety blank in this market? I really admire her. And I'm like, oh, okay. So basically you're telling me that you aspire to have a business like this. And that's the model that you're looking for. And and so now I have something to work with. And then then I ask the right kind of questions like, tell me a little bit more about what do you admire? Or I notice that they're known for this. Is that what you're attracted to? Or let's unpack these things a little bit. And 
Once we start to do that with my guidance and the right questions, then we can make some progress on me identifying what it is that the business owner wants. It's the same thing that we're talking about with Pinterest. It's Correct. on it's on you as the wedding professional to take the the inspiration, the aspirational ideas or, or visuals that that the couple is bringing you and go, oh, tell me a little bit more of like you've got some Tuscany here in, but you're getting married in a ballroom. Walk me through how those things go together <laughs> or what element of this did you like? And it could be, I love the color of lavender purple, right? And you're like, Oh, got it. Okay. So lavender is what we're pulling out of this Tuscany image, not the location, but the Correct. color. Boom. Got it. Okay. Let me ask another question. So it, it is on us as wedding professionals to help guide our clients through the discovery process, because like you and I've talked about, Couples don't know what they 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 want and need. They 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 look to you to ask the right kind of questions. And if you can do that on the discovery call, then they have that aha moment, and they're now real crystal clear on what it is that they want and need. And that makes your job easier as a photographer, the planner, or the floral designer to give them what they want because there's no there's no miscommunication anymore. It's been translated, and Pinterest helps. A hundred percent. And I, I have a conversation years ago with a dear friend of mine and she's a photographer and she was just like, nah, I don't like Pinterest couples. And I'm like, okay, well don't get Pinterest couples. And then she did my class and she's like, well, this is not about Pinterest couples. This is about just getting in front of the right people. And I'm like, exactly. Sometimes we just, again, sometimes as seasonal photographers, we think that we know it all. And then we just need a new kind of like fresh perspective into something. And again, there is no harm on having a good Pinterest account because if it's going to put you in front of the right people, I think that is crucial for your business. What we're talking about SEO, people think that, oh, only budget brides find me on Google. Well, it really depends on how you build your website. How are you talking on your website? Why are you showcasing on your website? I can guarantee you that millionaires go to Google to search for things. Fact. They do. They do. And I think that Pinterest, you know, like you mentioned kind of indirectly, people who are on Pinterest are dreaming about the future. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's really amazing for a business owner that's in the wedding industry because they're putting together a, a big vision of what it is they want. And oftentimes that becomes the anchor that they continue to work towards. As you mentioned, though, they don't always know what the prices are that go along with it. I'm curious, and I know you're a photographer, and so it's not as specific as, say, like a venue or a designer, uh, you know, or somebody who's renting something that has a, a, a harder cost to it. But how do you deal with people who come to you with something that, that, as you said, you have to educate them, like, there's no way in hell you can afford this? What, what, you know, do you have many of those conversations with people? And if you do, how does it typically go? I don't have that many of those conversations because I'm clear on my website what my price range is. So if by some reason they didn't see that, uh, even though I have it through several you know, places on my website, when we're having a conversation and then you know, I said, this is how... This, you know, we go to the whole conversation. They tell me what they love, blah, blah, blah. Then I'd be like, okay, what you want is going to cost X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, we only have X. Then I'd be like, Unfortunately, I can do X, Y, and C for X. And maybe it's my personality. I don't have a hard time having hard conversations. I don't. I I am very pragmatic in that way. I want to serve everybody and I want to work with amazing people. But the reality is that I'm running a business. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. But I think that you can do a lot of the hard work on your website. And then obviously your website is going to kind of like 
screen people a little bit for you. And of course, there's going to be one or two that go through, you know, past the screening and then they're like, oh, we can do that. But I don't get offended if they tell me they can afford it. I don't take it personal either. You know, I see a lot of this in the wedding industry. They're like, I can't believe they told me their budget was $2,000. They don't know what they don't know. Sometimes, and I have actually a podcast episode that I interview a client of mine. And he said, he's like, we created a budget out of thin air. And when we start interviewing people, we knew that to have the wedding that we wanted, we had to rearrange our budget. So don't get offended if they tell you, well, my budget was $2,000 and you charge 10 because either they're going to realize that they're going to have to bump it up or there is no harm. I'm saying, well, lovely meeting you, but we can work together. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's something that's super important for any wedding pro to recognize is that people don't know what they don't know. They don't know how much things cost. There's no absolute value to what you do. Even if you're a wedding photographer, your prices could be very different from somebody who charges significantly less or significantly more. And to the untrained eye, couples have no clue what the difference is and, and where the value is. They're, they're, they're assessing. It's like a chicken and the egg scenario. Their budget is determined on how much things cost, but how much things cost and what they're willing to pay is based on what the budget is. And so when they inquire, a lot of times they're just putting out a feeler to understand, okay, I see this pretty picture of this really cool design. I'd like to know more about it and I'd like to know how much it costs. And if they can do that with three, four, five people, then they, they start to create some sort of consensus on how much they can afford for the kind of service that they're looking for. And that's just part of the job of being a business owner. It, it may not be fun as a, as a creative that you have to spend time dealing with price shoppers, but it's just part of the game. It's just part of how things, how things work. I think it's also the easiest question to ask. I know in the wedding industry, people get really kind of like offended when somebody just asks them like, hey, how much do you cost? They're like, oh, you're not my ideal client. Is literally the easiest question to ask, how much this thing costs? I don't think that that's kind of like either a red flag or anything like that. It's just, you know, they don't know what they don't know. Don't get offended for little things like that. Don't get offended if somebody tells you like a Pinterest board and be like, oh, I want my wedding to look like this, but my budget is $10,000. It's now it's part of your job to be like, this is lovely, but can do. We can get some inspiration from here and make it work for your budget. But this is not a Pinterest problem. That is a you as a business owner. How do you approach things like this? And again, I've been using Pinterest for my business, working really good for the past four years. Not once have I had a couple that send me a Pinterest board being like, this is the poses that we want for our wedding. Because that's not what how I teach my strategy, my strategy or what I teach is like, I'm going to use Pinterest. So you appear in front of people that are looking for the things that you do, right? Within your budget, within your level of either luxury premium, whatever you are in your business. And then the other half of the equation has to be your website. Pinterest is just kind of like the leading, kind of just like the invitation. And then the website has to be like the big party or however you want to call this. Yeah, you know, we look at things in three different stages, getting people to your website, getting people to your inbox and getting people to your bank account. And each one of those stages has a very specific function that it's trying to fulfill to get to the next stage. Mm -hmm. And when I go through and think about marketing, the goal of all marketing is to get people to go to your website. So whether it's being on a vendor list or getting a referral from a past client on Instagram, putting out, you know, a viral TikTok, whatever it may be you are always trying to get people to go to your website because your website is your online storefront. And I think with Pinterest, 
it's like a billboard that's been mm -hmm. put out there. But the amazing thing is like you can get out of your car while you're driving and like open up the door through the billboard and you can end up in the store. And and once you're in the store, then the goals change, right? The, then you have all the things that you're, you know, your merchandising and mm -hmm. your product and the placement and the 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 clerk or or the you know the customer service rep that's there guiding people through. That's a totally different uh, operation. But the goal of the billboard is to get people to go to the store. The goal Correct. of Pinterest is to get people to be inspired by what it is that you can do and get them to go to your storefront, your website, and then let your website do the work for that. And I would say the correct kind of people, right? Obviously, there's going to be that one or two that comes in and is like, no, not the store for you. But I think that if we are really smart with the way that we use our Pinterest, we are really minimizing having people that are not right for us. So Agreed. that is Agreed. the goal. So another thing that I was going to mention here is I have a lot of pins. I've been pinning for four years. I try to pin as much as possible uh, in a way that is also easy for me to do it. It's not like Instagram that I have to be on Instagram constantly. I just work uh, my Pinterest strategy once a month and then I let it be. Just once a month, I sit down, I plan my strategy and then it's good. And out of all the thousands of pins that I have, obviously I have my, my favorite 20. And I call them my favorite 20 because are the ones that are literally leading, you know, the most amount of people to my website. Uh, and, I, and they're not even related to photography. I have a pin about the best 30 wedding venues that you must check in Miami. And obviously what I'm trying to do with that pin is getting people at the very earliest stages of making a decision. They see that pin, that pin alone in the past 30 days have link 130 people to my website 130 new visitors 130 new visitors to my website they have stayed over a minute long on my website i don't know a minute when you're having fun is nothing a minute on website time it's really good time uh, the bounce rate is really really low because obviously within that pin that i have that leads to a blog post about the best 30 you know wedding venues in miami i have clicks to the venues, clicks to weddings that I have created in that venue. So what I'm doing on Pinterest is somebody got engaged. Now they're like, oh, what would be the best venue for us? They come across my pin. They're like, oh, let me check which venue we like best. They go to my website. Now they start looking at venues. And now they're like, you know, kind of like in a, in a mind, not, not a mind game, but you know, like kind of like in a better subtle way. They're like, I love this wedding at this venue. I love the photos. Oh, we're in a photography website. There is a call to action. And that is why the, the client journey in Pinterest is not as straightforward. And I think that's why a lot of my inquiries say, like, we just found you on Google or we just found you online because it is starts really on Pinterest. Exactly. They, can't, they, they don't know. 99% of people have no clue how they first heard about you. Exactly. But the goal is I start them on Pinterest. They weren't even looking for a photographer. They were just, you know, planning their wedding. I took them to my website. I give them enough value. I show them beautiful photos. I not only show them, you know, couples looking, you know, romantic and cute. I show them beautiful decorations, flowers, you know, all that. And now they see me as an expert. They trust me. So let me ask you this, because I love the idea of you pinned it once and it's still working for you, which is so different than, say, something like a video on mm -hmm. Reels or on TikTok or even a post on Instagram that gets buried in the algorithm 13 hours later. How much time are you spending on Pinterest on your once a month planning session that you're doing? 30 minutes max. 
30 minutes. So you spend maybe in the neighborhood of 10, even if you doubled it, 20 hours a year on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And you're getting half your website traffic to it. Correct. I think most wedding pros are probably spending 10 to 20 hours a week on Instagram or TikTok creating content. And if you if you go through and and you really look at how much time you're spending and what you're getting in return, this is why I love Pinterest so much and why I wanted to have you on here because it's like a set it and forget it approach, which yes. you don't get very often in 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 marketing. You you put it out there once and it continues to work for you. In fact, it gets it gets better over time because of the way that the algorithm for Pinterest works, where it Correct. rewards people who are, are pinning and repinning and clicking through rather than just some lights that are are gone after, you know, 5, 10, 15 hours. This pin I created, I think, over two years ago when I first created that blog post and still works. So I'm not going to go change anything because it's not broken. I'm not going to change it. You know, it works perfectly. Other, obviously, you know, like the blog post itself, like I go and if I like I just photograph a beautiful venue, a beautiful wedding and a new venue uh, Saturday, for sure. Now I'm going to go and add that venue to the list. Right. This is a must see venue. So I can, you know, update my blog post. The pin, I can guarantee you that pin is going to be five years from now is still sending me people to my website. And that's what I love. Another thing that I love about Pinterest is like, sometimes it takes a second, you know, and by a second, I mean a couple of months to, to kick in, or sometimes things are seasonal. I remember doing this. I don't like style shoots. I'm very well known in my city for disliking style shoots. I never get invited because I'm like, I hate them. Uh, but somehow somebody put together a style shoot that was really cool about Frida Kahlo. And I'm like, this is going to be really good for my clients because my clients like bold, colorful things that are different. So I'm like, I know this content is going to be really, really good for Pinterest. So we did the whole style shoot. I got really excited about Pinterest. I did my blog post. I pinned all my images and they tanked. Like bad. I'm like not even one click to my website. I'm like, well, this was fun. A year and a half later or something like that, I start seeing because I check my Google Analytics. You know, it's, it's part of like my strategy. Like I need to see where things are coming from. And I start seeing that that blog post about Frida Kahlo wedding was getting a, and by a lot of traffic. I'm telling you, like about 500 clicks per month just on that single blog post. I'm like, what's happening here? So I went digging a little bit deeper on my analytics and all of it was coming from Pinterest. So I don't know if like in the wedding industry, as you said, there was like a little flur of like what Frida Kahlo style looks like. And now that thing that has been it's, it's a couple of years now, it's doing really, really well. So it didn't work at the beginning, but it paid off. And I actually got a DM on Instagram that I thought it was really funny because she's like, I have all your pins about Frida Kahlo and now I found you on Pinterest and we're, they're flying actually from LA to be photographed here because she loved my photos. So a client booked and all that. And I'm like, check, check, everything worked. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, that's, I think the long game strategy, which is super important for any kind of business to be viable. You want referrals coming from a channel that you don't have to put a lot of time and energy into, but continues to feed your business. Referrals are great like that. You know, being on a a vendor list uh, is great like that. Your past clients work like that. And, And Pinterest tends to work like that. SEO is another one that works like that. And, and this is, uh, I think, like we talked about in the very beginning of this, 
it's something that's underutilized by wedding pros. There's so much interaction that occurs on the social part of social media that we we tend to prefer again things that we see frequently and we're looking at that and it's like uh just because it's there we we think that we're going to put time energy and effort into it but is it really paying out with the investment on our time probably not we 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 also know that right now more than ever time is the most precious resource that wedding pros have People are, are super booked coming out of the pandemic and moving into 2022 and and people are just trying to keep their nose above water. And so if you are busy, if you don't want to be tied to, uh, you know, posting and, and creating stories and reels and TikToks over and over and over again or paying a VA 25, 30, 40 dollars an hour, you know, to do this for you. You can have a set it and forget it approach with Pinterest that continues to circulate and bring in the kinds of clients that you're going to find are going to feed your business for for a long time. Absolutely. It sounds like a magic, you know, pill. Obviously, it isn't. Obviously, there is work into that, right? Because as I mentioned before, it's not like you're just going to, you know, pin an image and just lead them to your website. Remember, this is a search engine platform. If you have a beautiful wedding in Tuscany and I go to your website and you're a photographer in New York, I'm going to be like, I want to see the Tuscany wedding. So it does have a little bit of work on your part. But as you mentioned, once you get like the wheels going, you can kind of like set it and forget it. We have the backside of a lot of Pinterest strategies that we do the work on because we know that content is super important with any kind of search engine optimization. It's not just about finding the right keywords in in Pinterest. It's not just about finding the right images. You have to have the content that the search engine or Pinterest is looking for. And so we, we provide blogging services, uh, mostly for our, our current copywriting clients that we have for websites. And one of the things that we do is we tie in with a Pinterest strategy, our blog content. Mm-hmm. How Tell me a little bit about what kind of blog content you're creating that ties into your Pinterest strategy so that when people do land on your website, they're not just hooked, but engaged and wanting to continue to spend time on your site. Ah, this is, it's going to be a whole other episode. Uh, one of the things that I think is really important is when we're blogging, Some I think the biggest mistake that I see is that people blog for the current client. We're going to call them Sam and Max. Sam and Max had a beautiful wedding. Everything was perfect. Oh my God, you have to see the flowers. Me as Carolina, if I'm getting married and I go to the blog post that you wrote about Sam and Max, great, Sam and Max, they seem a lovely couple, but what could I learn from this wedding that is actually going to inspire me for my own wedding? So when I blog, I don't focus on the couple that had already paid me and it's happy with my services. I'm going to focus on the new couple that I want to impress. So I'm going to talk about the venue. Why is this venue so amazing? What kind of couples are getting married in this venue? If the wedding had something extremely particular that I'm like, my clientele are going to love this. I'm going to talk about that. For example, I just photographed this beautiful uh, wedding at a venue that I have worked many, many times. So I cannot talk about this venue more. Like I have spoken about this venue plenty. Now I need to find what was new in this wedding that is going to attract the kind of clients that I want to work with. She had a colorful wedding dress. I have never seen that, but I know my clients are edgy. They love that. So I'm going to talk about how to add color to your wedding. 
I'm going to use these images from this wedding. And then I'm going to talk about like the different aspects of a color to your wedding. You can be super bold and have a colorful wedding dress, but that might feel a little bit too out even for, you know, edgy couples. So I talk about invitations. I talk about like how they went for a very colorful uh, table decoration, because even if you're very elegant, you can be elegant in a colorful way. So I'm not even mentioning this couple's name. They don't need, they don't care about this. They, care they don't about, like, care they, about Sam and Max unless exactly. they went to the wedding or they were not invited and couldn't make it or whatever <laughs> it was. They don't care about Sam and Max. They care about the look and feel and how they can apply it to their wedding in the future. Correct. So I use all these images. I read articles that talk about colorful weddings, how to add color to your wedding, you know, the do's and don'ts of color, and then use those images. And then obviously when I'm pinning those images, the title of the pin is something along the lines of like, for, you know, couples that want to be very vibrant of the wedding day. Another title could be how to add color to your wedding day. Another title could be uh, break the rules with color, you know, like think about copywriting and things that are going to be kind of like clickbait a little bit. And obviously when they see the images and when they click on those images, they're being led to this particular blog post. Obviously at the end of the blog post, big call to action, because again, they could land there and they don't know if I'm a photographer. They don't know if I'm a planner. I'm just giving them tips on how to add color to their wedding. So it's not really very clear who I am, but call to action and all that good stuff. And then again, People went to Pinterest looking for an idea, for an aspiration. Somehow they ended up on my website. Now they love the work. They love the vibe. They love even my copywriting. Now I, I become a potential vendor for their wedding. So this is important. When you're creating content, don't just create a blog post with 100 images from this wedding without any context that is going to serve other couples because I think that's how people bounce from your website they you can have a beautiful wedding in Italy let's use this you know example beautiful wedding in Italy and you just say like Sam and Max they got married in Venice it was super romantic everything was perfection and a bunch of images let's say that I'm I'm looking to get married in Venice and I saw those images and I'm like wow this is amazing I go there and I'm like it looks very lovely but you could have told me about vendors in Italy. Are they locals or you have to like bring people to create this for you? You can tell me about permits to get me. I don't know so many things that you can tell me about that now you're going to hook me into your content and into your brand. It's so good because it's not necessarily about what you do at that point. It's about what they need. And mm -hmm. in that's early stage awareness, content marketing. And that's really what you're talking about. People are are interested in answering a question that they may not even know exists yet. And when they see the answer, they're like, oh, yeah, now I know what question to ask. Now I know what it is that I need and I can then better request the information from people who can provide that service for me. And so it all starts with what your buyers want more than anything else. And it's not necessarily the surface level need. It's the it's the, the, the higher order need, the, the deeper need that they have that is psychologically driven. And so, yes, they want a great venue. That's what they're looking for at the surface. But they find that they're really wanting something that's edgy and colorful because they their, their psychological motivation is maybe autonomy. And, mm -hmm. and they, they have an independent creative spirit that they want to showcase to the world. And so they do that through expression of color. And so that's what they're looking for on Pinterest. They're looking for expressions of color and how can they represent that in their wedding? And if you can be tied to that, then you're tied to the psychological need that they have rather than the venue need, the surface level need that they initially go there for. 
All right. We, like you said, we could keep talking about content and I'd love to, and maybe I'll have you back for, for something like that. Uh, Katie and I have actually done uh, an episode early on. I can't remember the number, bad podcast host here, but I should know that. Um, and, and we go through uh, 11 or 12 different steps to do storytelling in a way that creates the context that you're talking about. Super, super important because it's not just pretty pictures that people are after. They want to connect with that psychological need. They want to connect with the thing that's missing right now. And they, they don't care about Sam and Max. They care about what Sam and Max care about. And if those two things align, then 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 they'll pay more attention and they'll stick around on your site. Let me ask this one last question, Carolina. What's the first thing that somebody who's interested in pursuing a Pinterest strategy that is currently not doing? What is the number one thing that they need to do or the first thing that they need to do right now? Create a Pinterest account. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. And make sure that you're linking your website to it. Any link will work, but if you don't have a website, this is not really going to be tied in. So I think that you need to be realistic and say, yes, you're using Instagram. It's fantastic. But at some point you need to be like, if I want to level up, if I want to attract the clients that I want, if I want to have my own place on the internet where I can express who I am and kind of like connect with people, you need to have your own website. So the easiest thing, if right now you have a website, great, you're there, go to Pinterest, create a business account. Don't tell me, oh, Carolina Gusick Photography. Search engine. Nobody's looking for Carolina Gusick Photography. They're looking for a wedding photographer in Miami or a luxury wedding photographer in New York. Use those keywords as your title. Don't put your name. No, I mean, you're a lovely person, whoever is listening to this, but the reality is that uh, people are looking for services, not for your name. So make that. sure you do that. Make sure also you can add a description, like a tiny description, don't tell me that you like long walks on the beach and espresso martinis. Uh, once again, nobody cares about that. Lovely. We can get to those things later in a conversation. Tell me in your description, what do you do? Serving brides that want to feel luxurious on their wedding day. I don't know. I mean, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm really bad with like coming up with lines on spot. But like, I remember tell that. Me what I, you remember do. that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> tell me, like, I think mine says like working with couples that are madly in love and want to have a lot of fun on their wedding. So I'm telling them what I do. I, if you're super reserved and you just want to have a sit down wedding, I might not be the right photographer for you because I want you to dance a lot. So I'm telling you right away on my description, what do I do and who I am as a, as a vendor, not as a person. All right. That's great advice. And if you do not have a Pinterest account, go and set one up. If you do not have your website dialed in, that's like step zero. Got to start with that. Right. I remember I re pretty much any course that I've done on marketing, any training I've received on marketing, anybody I've talked to as an expert on marketing always says the same thing. Before you get going on marketing, make sure that the place that you're leading them is 100% dialed in and you're really proud of it, which yes. is your website. Because ultimately, the goal of all marketing is to get people to go to your website. And if that sucks, or if it's even mediocre, it doesn't matter how good you are, how many followers you have, how many pins or repins, it, it, because it's going to a place that's a dead end. So You're burning bridges. That's right. That's right. All right, Carolina, tell me if people wanted to get some help or advice from you on Pinterest, how would they do that? I have 
tons of podcast episodes. So if you're just looking for like a quick listen, uh, you can go to the Talk Republic. There is a search bar, just type Pinterest. I'm sure it's going to show you everything that I want. If you want to dive deeper, I have a Pinterest class that starts literally from like, let's create an account. So like if you are like me and you need a step-by-step process, I have the class that has different modules. Every module is breaking down in like 20 minutes to 30 minutes max. So like it's easy to consume. So you can, you know, create your Pinterest account from zero to success. Wonderful. Thanks, Carolina. Anything else that people can do to stay tuned into the content that you put out? Tog Republic is the the podcast and it sounds like a website. You have some information on education. What's the, the website URL? The same, the talkrepublic.com, T-O-G republic.com. Super simple. Wonderful. Thanks, Carolina. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Sam. Lovely talking to you. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 